0: Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network.
1: Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, We've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, and as a cancer survivor myself i know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that uh his wife kelly has set up a gofundme account at gofundme.com f matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039s hyphen butt uh and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that again that's gofundme.com f slash matthew dash kicks dash cancer zero three nine s dash butt
0: matt herring was the first i guess you could say true super house fan we were super house at that time you know the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us talked about us and hey's um, from a town close to where I'm from and uh, so we share that as well and just a huge superhero fan and you know nerd like the rest of us and now he's going through that and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said that would be Truly appreciate it. Just hang in there, Matt. You'll beat this thing soon.
2: Granny goodness, what have you brought before me an Apocalypse?
3: Oh, my merciless Lord Darkseid, I have brought you a special treat today. Ah, uh, before you I bring the Kryptonian. I am ready to do Granny's bidding and turn him into the perfect weapon. <laughs>
0: so, let me just get this straight. Your lips are, are they black like that? Or is that lipstick? What's going on there?
3: Rude, rude behavior from the naughty little monkey. Granny's going to have to spank you good.
0: Wow, I don't know if I want a spanking from from you especially. It's a little weird. Uh. What's wrong with Granny Goodness? Well, I mean, how is like... I mean, shouldn't she be retired, for one? This is just weird. You guys are kind of backwards here on Apocalypse. And also, your name, why do you even have that name if it's supposed to be... I mean, you guys say it's like all cool and stuff, but I mean... It's not what I see. Let me put it that
2: Kryptonian, don't you think she should have the freedom of choice to have the name that she wants?
0: I mean, have whatever choice you want, but it doesn't mean I have to get behind it, you know what I'm saying? Um, and also, like, I don't know if I- I- again, I don't- I cannot get past the lipstick.
3: Lord Darkseid has never had an issue with Granny's choice in lipstick.
0: I mean, something like a- any kind of red. But Black, are you some sort of, like,
3: goth? I never thought you'd be so damn small-minded Kryptonian. Indeed.
2: I also was not expecting this Granny goodness. I would think the Kryptonian would be a lot more progressive than this. Why is a woman your age even... What are you doing here? Why are you still, you know, why are you still working? Whoa, 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 whoa. Kryptonian. How dare you be ageist in Apocalypse.
0: Ageist, sexist, what do they got next, you know? This is like a new term every week.
3: Wait, uh, are you telling Granny that it's not progressive on Earth?
0: Well, our grannies don't do all this kind of work, I'll tell you that much. You put in a lot of...
3: You, uh, did you break a hip, doing, dragging me here? Granny works hard to do Darkseid's bidding and mold her little tadpoles into the perfect little mercenaries.
2: And she is rewarded well.
0: Wait, how do you re- how do you reward her? That's what I want to know. This is getting even weirder. You give her a kiss on those black-ass lips of hers.
2: You make it sound like there's something wrong with that.
0: <laughs> you got an old, old woman fetish? I mean, uh, sure, I guess. Whatever. That's
3: constitutional. This kind of mindset coming from a man wearing his underwear on the outside of his pants. I always wondered
0: about that. I'm just going to be straight up with you guys.
3: I like showing my dick off. It's
0: really what it boils down to. You think it was some circus shit or something like that? No, I just want to emphasize what's going on down there. Burt Ward style.
2: I always suspected that.
0: What, so what do, you, what do you, I mean, is this what you wear all the time, Darkseid, or what? You don't- you don't have any black- you don't have any black lipstick?
3: Oh, such crass language and behavior! Perhaps you're not the right person to be Darkseid's... perfect weapon.
0: Sounds good to me. I mean, I, I don't give a fuck
2: about you people. What do you mean, you people, Kryptonian?
0: Oh, was that wrong now, too? We're not that far behind in Smallville, I thought, but maybe we are. Granny, take him away. This one is unfit. You don't have to take me away. I'm going. I'll I'll see you later. This is your your fucking granny fetishes and shit over here. I mean, more power to you, but not my scene.
3: Get the boom tube, you boob.
2: There's nothing wrong with loving a grandma. So long, Kryptonian.
1: Welcome to Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and we are all hyped for Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, to lead up to that, we thought, why not debate the st- installment that came beforehand, the most controversial superhero movie of all time, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. It is I, Ben, the man who knows too much about Batman, and with me, as usual, is
0: Ding a Ling a Ling, Ding a Ling Ling <coughs> Ling, everybody. What's going on? <laughs> this is Andrew, Drew, and look who's with us here today at this juncture.
3: It's me, your old Uncle Joker's (laughs) back. I'm back. I'm tanned. I'm rested. And I'm ready to give this old podcast to Wedgie again. (laughs) Um,
0: Mr. Joker, sir, what do you think of today's society?
4: Apparently we live in one, so I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) We
0: live in one. That is today, today's society. So there you go.
1: So... Man of Steel was a solo movie so it was just Andrew and me but this is a crossover team-up movie and we thought it was time to bring back Zachary Jackson Brown our favorite Joker voice and artist
0: who's man so, watching you. Wonder Woman in this in this trifecta is it me I guess he has got me. the long hair yeah I guess it's me all right
1: that's cool Bam. Park. <laughs> so last time we did Snyder versus critics on Man of Steel where we brought up common criticisms of the movie Dove into Zack Snyder's intentions and then voted on where we fell on that scale. Check out those episodes to find out what the verdict was on that. But we're going to do the same thing here with Batman vs. Superman. Do you it think this is
0: more controversial easy. than Man of Steel?
1: Absolutely. Really? I okay.
0: I was so on ground zero for Man of Steel, and that was just you know, yeah. like I said, that was like my movie for a time. So mm-hmm. that felt like such a big controversy to me. But I guess, but I could be. I'm totally wrong about it. I guess this is like an
1: hour longer yeah uh with more stuff that was like this is uh, when i went through every single part i'm like there's almost every scene of this movie that fans <laughs> have not either picked apart or defended in some way <laughs> in the past four to five years so i'm like these are going to be this is going to be a long series it feels like <laughs> so yeah anyway and it's on the dir- we,
0: it's on the director's uh, ultimate edition
1: basically ultimate, a director's so, cut yeah so guys, we're going over the ultimate edition. If you haven't seen that yet, make sure to check that out. But we thought to, might, we might as well stay true to Snyder's original intention, the original cut that he had wanted to get out there, especially if we're going to be evaluating his intentions versus what cri- what people have criticized him for. And it should be easier this time since there's three of us, so there won't be any ties this time. Uh, and then in between each vote, I'll provide a relevant tidbit or little-known fact about the movie uh, as well that most people don't know uh, that's relevant to whichever part that we voted on. So anyway, before we get into it, I thought we would introduce this episode by going over, I guess, some of our initial reactions to Batman versus Superman in 2016. So I guess I'll start and we can go for go ahead uh, after me. But I went to a preview screening of this uh, about maybe a week or two before the release of it. Oh. And I walked out of it very mixed the first thing that I said to my friend was like, the critics are going to annihilate this movie. And I was right uh, on it. But it didn't mean that I hated it. I just felt extremely mixed. I remember enjoying a lot of the Batman stuff, except for maybe the killing, and that's not because of the usual, like, Batman shouldn't kill so much as the fact that I had seen so much of Batman killing on screen already that I was like, really, we're doing this again? Okay. Because, again, like, the only Batman who hasn't really killed is George Clooney and Adam West Uh, and the serial guys we count them but anyway (laughs) in terms of the modern Batman I was kind of ready for a different take however it is important for the story for him to be trying to kill Superman so I understand that Uh, but as always I love the suit hence why I'm wearing it Uh, I love the suit it was the Batman suit come to life love Wonder Woman's inclusion I like Ben Affleck as Batman to this day I stand by I guess what seems in some fan circles to be the unpopular opinion that I liked Affleck better than Bale that's not to say that I hated Bale, but I do really like Batman, uh, Batfleck, uh, in the role a lot. Some of that comes from the suit, but some of that just comes from how he just played both sides. Uh, but on the other end of things, I didn't like Lex Luthor at all. <laughs> I didn't really connect to this version of Superman. Uh, I didn't like that they did Death of Superman here because it was so obvious that he was going to come back. This is kind of the same way I felt about the ending of Avengers Infinity War, where Once Black Panther and Spider-Man started getting dusted, I was like, oh, they're coming back. There's no way you're going to kill off those characters right now. Uh, And I felt the same way here. uh, And I felt the storyline in some ways was a mess when it came to the theatrical version. And I walked out being like, well, I'm down for Ben Affleck Batman solo movie, but I'm not really sure if I'm down for anything else that's in this world. Maybe Wonder Woman, because Wonder Woman was cool in the movie. And of course, that turned out to be great. Uh, but after the Justice League we got in 2017, the actual one, the, the Joss Whedon cut of it, uh, even back then before we knew the full details of behind-the-scenes stuff, before we even knew that the Snyder Cut was going to be reality, I was like, eh, you know what? Maybe I need to revisit Batman versus Superman because I'd rather get a failed experiment, quote-unquote, or something that I didn't, you know, had some good intentions but might not have stuck the landing. I'd rather have that than a generic corporate version that we got of Justice League that felt very just hacked together and so I think I grew to appreciate it more and I really dug in especially for these episodes in preparation for Justice League to see what Snyder's intentions were for a lot of these things and I've come to appreciate a lot of what he intended even if like I said a man of steel I don't necessarily agree with how he conveyed it I still at least appreciate what he was trying to do on here so we'll get we'll get into the detailed version but uh, let's go around and uh, keep going with initial reactions Shall we go, with Andrew? Next,
0: actually, Zach, you go. Okay.
4: Okay. Uh The beginning of what Ben said sounded very familiar for myself. I actually <laughs> went to a midnight premiere because I was so excited about it, and I think I came out feeling much the same way. Just, uh I kind of was in um, kind of doubt. I was trying to like tell myself that it was a good movie. Uh, I wasn't like <laughs> sure if I. I wasn't sure. Like I was like. I love that. I That's that so be cool. a movie. <laughs> I saw a Batman movie, how can I feel this way? This is the first time Mm -hmm. I've ever seen one and just been like, I don't know about that. It's, Mm
5: -hmm.
4: I had a lot of mixed feelings about it for uh, a very long time. And just like you, I really liked Ben Affleck's costume. And I liked the way he acted. I liked the warehouse fight scene. Yeah, I didn't like him like mowing down people, uh, dragging cars along and blowing them up (laughs) uh, into each other. That was like, Mm -hmm. just kind of just reckless carelessness of life to me. But overall, I really liked Batman, uh, but it just felt like kind of a a downer of a movie that I, I wasn't quite expecting. Um, and I will say this: I know we talked about it the very first episode you guys ever had with me, but I had a different opinion about it after I saw Justice League um, for much the same reason. Kind of like you said, you'd rather see a, a failed experiment rather than a you know kind of Marvel copycat or just yeah. this like sterile safe thing and after i watched justice league and i was like huh i kind of thought back to batman versus superman i was like well at least it took a chance at least it (laughs) it different at least it was like its own thing and now looking back I, i kind of respect how comic book it was i think at the time i there were certain parts of it that just really kind of threw me for a loop because we had been getting used to uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, which are mm-hmm. heavily based in reality. And then you're thrown into this movie with Batman in it. And then there's like other superheroes, which that's the first time it's ever happened on film. And there's just like aliens and all this stuff. And it's just, it really was weird to me to like see him in that scenario. Um, but yeah, I think my experience is very similar to yours. And just like Andrew said earlier, in the opening credits, when little Bruce is flying, the bat- <laughs> carry him up a well I, I started to look around I was like wait what am I What am I watching I, I didn't quite realize it was a dream yet until he said it then I woke up I was just yeah. like what well, are the bats really like carrying him out of the well
1: surprise Batman flies in, this, in these yeah,
4: films uh, I didn't I was taking it so literally that I couldn't just uh, take it as this like visual piece of art so yes uh, very mixed reviews to begin with but I have more respect for it now mm
0: mm-hmm. I, uh, so when I first saw it, I don't know, it was, yeah, I I kind of echoed pretty much everybody's opinion in the beginning, really, where I didn't like it a whole lot. And the Martha thing just felt just the silliest turn (laughs) ever in a movie ever, uh, especially at that time. And, um, yeah, it was too quick for, for, Superman to die like Ben said and it's just like I don't know the theatrical cut cuts especially felt a little bit we were so entranced in Marvel spell too at this time I think especially at this time and to Zack Snyder's credit he doesn't do that so like it just mm-hmm. felt like everybody was just just didn't like it and the Martha thing just really didn't help and it's just kind of overly dark in some areas but I just watched it as this morning, as the record uh, but just before we recorded this episode, and I gotta say, it's like the the it's a lot better than I remember, a lot better. Mm-hmm. I feel like, am I on the Zach train too much now, or something? Like, <laughs> am I following like popular, pop, you know, the popular uh, idea now that we're all like Zack Snyder again, and you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a scandal appar- apparently. Um, like other people yeah. might have and, and stuff like that that we won't get into right now. And like, I don't know, like even the Martha thing, guys, I've, I I'm telling you, I you like turned around on that. Maybe not entirely, but it made uh-huh. a lot more sense. And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. But just to cover mm-hmm. that real quick, it's mainly the wording. I think if he, if he had said yeah. if he had said my mother, go get my mother, her name is Martha. If he said it yeah. like that, it would have been great. It would have it would have played mm-hmm. a lot better, but he just says Martha out of nowhere, like yeah. I know Superman knows that he doesn't that Batman doesn't know his his mom's name, but still, you got to start that sentence off with my mother. Okay? Yeah. That makes it so much better. That one little change, but the overall idea is okay. Batman does kind of change real quick, but maybe that's a coming to here's a coming to reality moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that, so it switches in him, and I don't know. He just looked at his parents' grave. Like Snyder sets it up, okay, you know, actually better mm-hmm. than I remember. So, yeah, I don't want to seem like I've t- made a one a total one eighty on Snyder, but if you hated it before, go and watch the theatrical. I mean the uh, the ultimate edition. Mm-hmm. You might still hate it, but I don't know. For me, it made a lot more sense. I've warmed up to it. All the changes and. um yeah, even one of the li- they took out a line from the theatrical cut too, right? Where he says, "Uh, you're you're my uh, that's my friend you're talking about or something." When he saves Martha, when Batman saves Martha, I could be wrong. Oh, about he that.
1: says, uh, "I'm a friend of your sons," and she's like, "I can tell that cape."
0: Oh yeah, was there another line though, or is that it? And well, that's I don't it. think so. Okay, okay, I might be wrong on that. I remember that I incorrectly, so. maybe. But but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's not the most perfect thing in the world, but I mean, shit, it it had undeserved hate, probably, and that's mm-hmm. because the nerd community, I, I think, we had just come off of Avengers, and Avengers 2 took a dip, I guess, but, like, Marvel was just killing it, and they still are, actually. I mean, look at WandaVision, you know? Right. And it's just... I don't know. I'm excited to talk about it now. It was just way, yeah. way better than I thought it was going to be, because I went in being like, oh, three hours of this bullshit. <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> I, I do wonder if it had come out a little later, because... Of the whole quote from Deborah Snyder being like, you know, apparently fans don't like their heroes being deconstructed. And I'm like, well, maybe <laughs> it wasn't the time for deconstruction yet. You know, we were right, still in the golden right, age of, right. of superhero movies. And now we're kind of more in the more experimental age of of stuff. Like, sure, Marvel is still, as you said, Marvel's still killing it with WandaVision. But you can't tell me that they would have been able to pull off a sitcom with Wanda and Vision back in 2012, no. you know, and get people to buy into that type it of format. would have been yet. like, what?
5: what
0: yeah what are you doing now
1: that they've bought that free will to experiment and I think DC kind of just jumped into the deconstruction just like how a (laughs) lot of people say that Snyder's Watchmen should have been released maybe 10 years afterwards or something like that because of the fact that again that was like a year after Dark Knight a year after people were just starting to see like oh superhero movies are fucking great yeah Um, Also, a year after Iron Man, so that was just the kickoff of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, he was deconstructing while things were being constructed. And so maybe Snyder's biggest sin isn't necessarily what he was doing so much as the timing uh, of it all, unfortunately. And maybe that's why that's a partial reason why we're also ready for uh, the Snyder cut is because of the fact that, like, we've seen all the Avengers movies, we've seen a previously hacked together version of. Justice League. Now we're just down for whatever the hell this four-hour Seven Samurai style thing is going to be because yeah. we're down for anything now.
0: His cinematography, I think. I mean, Marvel just kind of shoots things a little bit. I don't know. They're trying to stay consistent with all twenty-five of their movies or whatever, so I get it. Right. But like, I forget Larry Fong, Walter Fong, Larry Fong, Fong. Yeah. Mm. Like that. It's. I think. I hate doing the DC versus Marvel stuff sometimes, but I do think. The cinematography is so good. Um, mm-hmm. and just like there's a lot more striking imagery in Snyderverse, I think, uh, than a lot of Marvel stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, man, Zack Snyder loves Batman holding guns. God <laughs> yes. damn, he's holding a sniper that shoots a tracker. He's shooting yep. in the in the dream sequence. He's shooting yep. a lot. Um, but still, mm-hmm. he wants to have Batman to have a gun and, like, the kryptonite uh, smoke bomb uh, gun, grenade launcher, grenade, grenade launcher yeah. thing too. He's holding a gun in almost every fucking scene.
1: <laughs> yep. So we'll we'll get into all the different controversies. We'll go into our opinions on it, but it looks like we call all kind of universally feel better about it than we did when we first saw it. Totally. Which is, which is awesome. So let's dive into it. So first tidbit is that Zack Snyder has been on record about wanting to do Batman since doing Watchmen in 2009 not since Man of Steel but since doing Watchmen yeah so uh, almost 10 years beforehand so during the time of Watchmen Snyder was even even asked about if the world was ready for Watchmen because of the fact that there were new darker superhero movies like Chris Nolan's Batman Begins and The Dark Knight and here is what Snyder said
0: everyone says that about Batman Begins Batman's dark I'm like okay no Batman's cool He gets to go to a Tibetan monastery and be trained by ninjas, okay? I want to do that, but he doesn't, like, get raped in prison. That could happen in my movie. If you want to talk about Dark, that's how that would go, because I'm Snyder.
1: So, yes, this became controversial (laughs) years later, because people said, like, holy shit, Snyder said that he'd have Batman get raped in prison in his vision.
0: There's a prison shanking in this movie.
1: But in the Ultimate Edition, yeah, yeah. however, we have to keep in mind the context of this. He's talking specifically about the world of Watchmen. The world of Watchmen is a world where Batman could get raped in prison. But as we saw in Batman vs Superman, and probably in Justice League, I kind of doubt that Ben Affleck's Batman is going to get raped in prison in that. So I just Hopefully wanted to clarify. Not. It's too swole. Just wanted to clarify what that meant, <laughs> right, for right, people. Right. Um, but around Watchmen, Snyder went on record saying his dream was to do, no big surprise, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. No kidding.
0: It's all and over this movie.
1: <laughs> I know. Uh, but his choice at the time was not Ben Affleck. Jake his choice Gyllenhaal. at the time was not Jake Gyllenhaal either. It was Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah. That's Thomas for Wayne. Sure. Yeah. So, yet another instance of Snyder fitting in someone in a different role than what he you know might have originally intended. Because as we covered in Man of Steel, that happened like three times uh, with different actors on this. So, Is Batman uh, Earth
0: 2 or something? What's the, what's the Earth that he's a Batman of? Thomas Wayne?
1: Oh, he's from the Flashpoint universe. Yes, Flashpoint universe, yeah. And uh, and that Batman has guns,
0: so like... (laughs) He really needs to just get his wish on that one. Snyder, if you're listening out there, I really want you to get your wish on that one. You just need to have it,
1: I think. Just bring Flashpoint Batman to life. Yeah, just make Flashpoint
0: Batman for HBO Max. fucking, It's going to be incredible.
1: Yes, so that's probably why he has Jeffrey Dean as Thomas Wayne in in the opening. They had worked together on Watchmen where he was the comedian... Of course, and that's around the time that Snyder's like, You would be a great like Dark Knight returns Batman. And of course Batman's for Superman comes out and I have a feeling, you know, either Jeffrey Dean Morgan couldn't do it because he was he was Negan right around the same time. Um, right. So it was either that or they just thought he was too old for it. But whatever the case is, I I think he's he's great casting for that and he would be great casting if they ever did uh the flashpoint version of Batman. But instead we're getting Keaton And I can't complain about that either. So we're spoiled. (laughs) Right. right. As it is in 2021. So, anyway, that was the tidbit on to Snyder versus critics. I think the very first thing that was criticized about the opening of this movie was critics saying that we saw the Wayne murders for the 200th time. People were saying this was overdone, it had previously been seen in '89 flashbacks of Batman Forever, seen in Batman Begins, and that doesn't count any of the animated movies, doesn't count the TV shows, like Gotham, doesn't count the comics. Obviously we saw it in Joker, but Joker didn't exist at the time of uh, Batman versus Superman, so the big criticism was, like, did we really have to see the Waynes die again? So, opening up the floor, where do you guys fall on this? Zach?
4: Oh, I think that's stupid. I would give the point to Snyder. I think that the, the fact that he did it over the credits is perfect. Like, it's not like an integral scene of the movie. It's just kind of setting up uh, Batman for you, just to remind you, I guess, of, of his origin. But to play it over the credits is, like, just immediately out of the way, and it's one of the best-looking versions of the Wayne murder ever. Mm-hmm. Like, he really did try to um, copy uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, like, comic of his memories of his parents being murdered and i mean it looks it looks really great i don't i don't see that uh criticism as being valid um it was just like the over the credit sequence so to me i like it
1: nice andrew
0: uh you know we've seen it too many times i actually agree with the critics (laughs) on this one um you bastard i would i think it's like you have with krypton i would put the i would position it you could still shoot it but I would, have, I would have edited it differently. Like, whenever he's walking to the grave, uh, splice it in there a little bit. Just like it being a whole scene, uh, especially in the beginning, it's just a bit much. Like, you need to... This is Batman versus Superman, the two most well-known superheroes of all time worldwide. Mm-hmm. People on the Amazon probably, you know, Amazonian rainforest probably know who they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people just damn near uncontacted tribes and shit. You know? Um, but... Uh, and I would have it just—it needs to have like an epic opening to me. I don't know, like you know how Star Trek two thousand nine started. Yeah. It was just what like this, yeah. yeah. This ridiculously big uh, intro. That's kind of what I wanted. Although they c- would
1: you have started it with the destruction of Metropolis? Yeah. And ben Affleck running around instead.
0: Yeah, I would. I would have started on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then maybe That's an action it. scene of him going around in the city, uh, you know, saving people like that. And there's where your action comes in. Maybe the first thing you hear is that from the from the world mm-hmm. engine, you know, but like just before uh, it, right. it comes to picture, uh, something like that. Like I'd get right into that if that was me. So mm-hmm. um, critics,
5: gotcha. <laughs> well,
0: uh,
1: I'm with both Zack Snyder and Zack Brown uh, oh, on shit. this because the fact that I feel like this is one of the best versions of the Wayne Murders myself. Yes, it's at. It's mostly tangentially related to the rest of the story. You honestly just need this for Martha. Yeah. If you think about it. That's it. It's mainly there for the audiences to know Martha is the name of his mom. And that's about it. Yeah. However, the Hans Zimmer track, A Beautiful Lie, I think I talked about this in the Wonder Woman 84 deep dive because they use that, but it's an amazing track. It's it's haunting, poetic. It says everything about the trauma that you need to say. It's a 100% adaptation of the dark Knight returns it's the first version of the wayne murders where you see that they went to see the mark of zorro which has not happened in any other version you literally see the poster for tyrone powers the mark of zorro so that's true to it thomas wayne has a mustache just like in dark Knight returns right uh none of the other thomas wayne's had it uh the mugger's gun going through the pearl necklace all those things the only thing that could have made it a little more true to it is giving the killer a hat which i know is a weird thing for me to be into but i really like the (laughs) idea of the imagery of Joe Chill of the hat because the hat covers like the rest of his face. And I love the idea of Batman thinking about how the shadows hit his face for me and I will use the shadows against them type of thing. Wow. But
0: I, that's that's good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that,
1: that's If yeah. I were to have shot it, it would have been that, but that's about it. Like everything else Snyder has is 100% perfect. It's shot
0: it's, great. I mean, it's just the positioning for it's me. It's beautiful. It's really yeah. done. I for mean, the story. What it's would, done, yeah. it's done well. It's just, I would have I shot it, I mean, you know armchair director over here. We're all armchair. We're all being armchair here. I would have, but I I would have, you know, I would have put it somewhere else, like splice it in here and there, but man, I mean, yeah, it was done well.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's the best version. It, it, basically beat out the Burton version to me even though I love the Burton version but the Burton version to me was like the quintessential way to do the the Wayne murders for years until I saw this and I was like yeah this is this is almost impossible to, to beat after this one the I don't the gun need to see going it through the again
0: the neck the, the wait co- you know goes through the necklace the pro necklace yeah like like right under her chin basically there's something like I don't know like it's, it's brutal it's a it's a It's almost like a. I wish I could think of a better word, but I'm sorry. It's like a rapey vibe, almost. It's like a. I don't know, man.
1: Feeling a violation there. Yeah, Yeah, feeling a
0: violation. I know he's about to get shot. She's about to get shot anyway, but it's just like it's even worse like that for some reason, that visual.
5: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, The only other thing that I think could have made it more emotional is if it had the same lead up that Batman Begins had, where we got to know the family. But for this story, it's not necessary. Uh, But I just thought, you know, that would be the perfect blend if they ever. Did that, but again, we don't necessarily need to see it again. Anyway, uh, that's two versus one. I guess we have outvoted you, Andrew, which means that Snyder won, critic zero for this time. But we could have it different way when it comes to the other stuff. It's just the first one. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So next tidbit: the movie deliberately opens and ends with funerals for uh, a deliberate reason. So we open with the funeral of the wings, and we end with the funeral of Superman. Uh, Snyder said that this was to give the impression of the cyclical uh, feeling. Uh, of we start in sort of this hopeless world. Uh, that's why there's leaves in the beginning to show like the fall and the, and the feeling of falling, which is also why he falls into the Batcave. Uh, and as we grow through the process of discovering our humanity, as the, which is the core of the movie, is Batman discovering his humanity through Superman, uh, the final funeral is less about hopelessness and more about Superman's sacrifice giving hope. It's Superman's sacrifice to the world that sort of motivates Batman to uh, sort of redeem himself and put everybody back together and redeem his faith in humanity, which is why he has the whole monologue of how men are still good, as opposed to the opening where he talks about a beautiful lie and those sorts of things. So he's no longer the cynic that he was before after seeing Superman, and Superman has given him hope. So I, I like the symbolism of those aspects. All right, so this is a nitty gritty uh, Snyder versus critics thing that has to do with the Wayne murder. But what was criticized was Thomas Wayne throwing a punch at the mugger, or having (laughs) his fist clenched before he went in. And I know that seems really nitty gritty, but there was I saw a lot of discussion on this. One of the critics was uh, Max Landis, who, for some backstory, is the son of John Landis, was a screenwriter for movies like Chronicle and American Ultra. Uh, When we get to Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. there's a rumor that Eisenberg based his performance of Lex Luthor on Max Landis. Let's so just to uh, add a little bit to
0: that, real quick. Max Landis, yeah. around this time, uh, maybe after Man of Steel, he started making these like little videos. I don't know if they're still up or not, but they are. Yeah, they are. And he, you know, he was just like criticizing the movies, and he criticized B- Batman vs Superman. He's a big Superman fan. He wrote for DC, right? He wrote American Alien. American
1: American Alien, which was the inspiration for the Man of Tomorrow animated movie.
0: Okay and like you know he's kind of he's a big superman fan he's in the mix a little bit and just his personality well just go look up max landis superman i don't know after this after you listen to this but like mm-hmm. it's you could see where jesse eisenberg gets it
1: from right yeah. yeah we'll we'll go further into it when we get to yeah. eisenberg but uh yeah so landis was probably one of the biggest critics of this that i remember at the time And the big criticism was that Thomas Wayne throws the punch. However, again, if you look at The Dark Knight Returns, that close-up shot of The Fist, I think, is in the comic. It's been part of the comic. In fact, if you look at the very first version of The Origin by Bill Finger, the second panel, Thomas Wayne's, like, last line of dialogue is leave her alone and has him charging at Joe Chill. So this is less to do about comic book accuracy and more to do with do you agree with that decision or not in terms of adapting that aspect of the origin? Zach.
4: Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's important for Bruce to see that because he's seeing that his father wasn't afraid and mm-hmm. did try to do something about it and to defend himself. And yeah, I think that's really important for him to see that. I don't mm-hmm. I don't see why there would be any criticism over it.
0: Yeah, I don't understand that either. I'm going to go with yep. Snyder on this one because yep. a guy's family is getting about to get shot. What yeah. the fuck do you want to do, you know? <laughs> I, I, w- right. I want uh, I want Martha clenching a fist. You know, yeah. I want them all cl- yeah. I want them all clenching fists as a family. <laughs> so <laughs> 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 Everybody clenches fists in my film, all right. so. All
1: right. 100 100% agree with you guys, yeah. so that's that's a landslide Snyder 2 critic zero. So, looking good for Snyder so far. Uh, much has been said about the fact that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Thomas Wayne and Lauren Cohen is uh, Martha, and everyone's just like, it's Negan and Maggie from uh, The Walking Dead. But not a lot of people talk about The Gunman. So, right. The Gunman is played by Damon Caro. Damon Caro is the person we have to thank for the Batman warehouse scene he's the stunt coordinator and second unit director on the movie nice Uh, so he was the one who coordinated that whole damn fight Uh, he was cast as the mugger for a couple reasons one is that he was also a mugger in Watchmen Uh, people have pointed out that uh, they believe he is a sort of would be rapist in an alley before Rorschach corners him so that's an interesting tie in he also shows up at some point, he's credited in the movie not as Joe Chill, but as F-18 fighter pilot. So he is a pilot at some point in this movie as well. Wow. Uh, but I think what is cool is that Snyder had asked him to play Joe Chill because he didn't like any of the actors up for it. And this was after Damon Carl had shot the warehouse sequence. And it was pointed out that there's something un- almost unintentionally symbolic about the fact that the man who plays Joe Chill is the same man who coordinated how Batman saves Martha uh, in this movie. <laughs> I don't know if that was really deliberate, because it's not like you could know that when watching the movie, but I thought that was kind of a nice little tidbit about Damon Caro and how he's more than just some random extra dude they brought in to play, you know, the gunman for two seconds on that. He's actually a legit part of this movie and of Snyder's team. So... That is uh, Joe Chill for us. Probably one of the more interesting Joe Chill actor backstories that we have. So, next Snyder vs. Critics thing is what Zach had addressed in something that Andrew had hit us up about in uh, Offline, but it is flying Bruce, young Bruce <laughs> in the Batcave. Uh, Kevin Smith apparently had a similar reaction to uh, Zach saying, oh, oh, no, when he saw that that was happening because he wasn't really sure. <laughs> That's right. That's right.
0: I forgot about his reaction, yes.
1: So I think the critique was that it kind of took people out of the movie, but the idea was it's supposed to be symbolic because he says in the dialogue, in the dream they took me to the light Uh, and sort of represent that being Batman as he's being surrounded by the bats was supposed to sort of heal or release him from this trauma, but that turned out to be a quote-unquote beautiful lie as in like Batman wasn't the release from this tragedy that he thought it would be and you know being Batman only led him to more and more misery in his life. Which is a lot to interpret just based off of that one image and and the voiceover. So uh, for some, it took them out of the movie, but that is Snyder's intention. Now, when it comes to Snyder versus critics, when it comes to stuff like this, I think we have to factor in sort of like what Andrew and I did with *Man of Steel*: how well that idea was conveyed. So when I ask, "Where do you fall?" it's not necessarily "Where do you fall" in terms of the idea, but how well do you fall? Where do you fall in terms of how that? Was conveyed in the movie. If whether that was clear to you, whether you like that idea, or whether you thought it was a cool image, even if you didn't get the inner symbolism, where do you fall when it comes to that?
4: You want me to go? <laughs> go yeah. ahead. We might as well go. I Zach feel like Andrew. I feel like
0: you go because you're the you're you know guest. And, you know.
4: <laughs> so I guess um, I don't think that message was very clearly conveyed. Now that you've explained <laughs> that to me, I didn't get that from the imagery, <laughs> but I will say that I have warmed up to it and am pretty either indifferent or accepting of it now. Like I Mm -hmm. said, I think it's just because for everybody, our last three Batman, you know, cinematic outings were super realistic. You would never see anything Mm dreamlike in those movies, even with like the scarecrow, they really toned it down. So yeah, I think it just kind of like shocked everybody that they didn't, they weren't expecting something that was, uh, you know, symbolic. So I don't think the message was very clearly conveyed because you had to explain it to me, and I did not know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't feel like I hate it or anything. I, I think right. it's fine.
1: Mm-hmm. Andrew, it
0: was not clear to me either. Uh, not mm-hmm. not what you just said, um, but it doesn't mean I don't like it. Uh, I mean, they say it's a dream. The second that scene ends, also, mm-hmm. so they make it. He's making it as clear as possible after the fact, um, immediately after. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, we saw this imagery before and Batman begins with them swirling around him. And what I always get mm-hmm. because of my Christian background, I guess, is it's like, if you want to talk about underlying themes of this, it's, it's a, it's a baptism by bats. He is born again, main made anew in this new image. Mm-hmm. And, right. uh, him flying towards the light i i mean maybe it should be to the to the darkness because he's batman but you know yeah, he's going to his mission his life's purpose so i mean i'm all for a cool dream sequence like that and, and like a, a batism uh and shit like that you know <laughs> so uh are we voting voting on this because I'm, I'm going with snyder Oh, you're just asking if we, uh, if we got the imagery, well, if we understood uh, well, the, the point.
1: Yeah, because I'm just like, yes, Snyder has. We'll see. He has deep intentions, but some of that is how well does he convey that?
0: That particular intention was not conveyed to me. Mm. Okay, just like yeah, I agree with Zach on that one.
1: <clears throat> okay, so then would you fall under critics then? Because the critics are pretty much like this is distracting.
0: The only, I, I, his I only fall on for, for critics only on the point that that wasn't that particular his mm-hmm. if that is his intention that yeah. wasn't conveyed but right. i fall on snyder in the fact that i i think that the scene still pretty much works i mean you mm-hmm. know it's even if i didn't get exactly what he meant um i like that imagery and i think it works uh and I think Batman would have dreams like that. So yeah. mm-hmm. I think it's fine. It's it's also a dream. It's dream logic. We can al- right. It always has a kind of, you kind of skate, skirt away with some shit because it's not exactly logical.
1: Right, yeah. I, I'm with you there, Andrew, in the sense that, like, I was okay with it in the movie. It might have trimmed me up a little bit, but I'm just like, oh, it's a dream sequence, you know, as you said. Uh, but I also agree that it doesn't quite convey what he was going for. Yeah. Yeah. So I almost feel like this would just be a draw. Because it's like we like his intention and we also agree that it kind of didn't really convey that. Right. Uh, in which case we're still at Snyder 2 and Critic Zero. <laughs> <laughs> so. Give it time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right. So <laughs> next we go to the arrival of the Superman, as it says in the in the title. And Ben Affleck arrives as Bruce Wayne. So apparently... According to the commentary, Ben Affleck was so in character about how he needed to go and save Gotham that he jumps out of the helicopter early against the wishes of the safety coordinator and everything. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, that uh, Thank God he didn't actually hurt himself. That was Ben name. Affleck's <laughs> choice? That was Ben Affleck's choice. Okay, I noticed uh, that. I was like, that. that is
0: not CG, man. He's really getting out of a helicopter.
1: No, because no, he was yeah. just like, if I am Bruce Wayne, then I'm gonna I'm I don't care about safety anymore. I'm gonna wanna get out as soon as possible so I can save Gotham. I was like, that's pretty legit. Like that's yeah, I really like that. Everybody
0: shed uh, on fucking Batfleck, and he was fucking one of the best, by the way. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yep, I think we
4: all agree on that. We all so. agree
0: on that. <laughs> Snyder. Uh, Snyder I for Batfleck.
1: <laughs>
4: I gotta say one thing though, since we're getting to like him going, this is Metropolis he's in, right? Uh, it's.
1: it's, I guess it's unclear to me because I thought it was Gotham because Gotham is like right across the way from Metropolis, but. I guess it could also be Metropolis that he has a tower there as well.
4: So the thing that takes me out of that scene, and it's because. It was product placement for that damn Jeep that they have in a commercial. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that shit. I saw that commercial, and then I watched the movie. I was like, oh, this is just like the straight-up commercial. It really took me out of it. It just didn't seem like – it was just weird. I, I didn't like that product placement. They do the same thing. Um,
1: That's like me with i get drive-through with Batman Forever.
4: I was <laughs> Where that, it's like, really? This is actually in the movie? Yeah, that was, that yeah. was worse. That, and that. <laughs> that was definitely worse, yeah. Yeah, it just seemed weird to like, I don't know, that part like threw me a little bit, but I think it's only because I saw that commercial. If I had never seen it, yeah. I wouldn't have made I don't think action. I saw the
1: commercial beforehand, yeah.
0: I didn't yeah. see it either, man. I, that passed me by both times.
5: Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> I say this is a little tease, what I gave you guys in terms of, I have a specific Batfleck deep dive, where I'll go into other aspects of Batfleck's backstory, the reasons why he lives in a house outside of Wayne Manor, A lot of the different imagery that, a lot of the stuff that might not be clear in the films, uh, just a little small preview. But if you notice on the in the Zack Snyder Batcave, everything there's basically nothing touching the floor. Everything is attached to the ceiling, like a bat hanging from the ceiling. What? That's in the fucking movie. I didn't even notice that. That's in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So all that cool type of stuff I have reserved for its own deep dive because it's just way too much stuff to get into right now. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. It, there was a lot of thought that was put into this. Anyway, cool. uh, next Snyder vs. Critics thing. And this came out more, is something that I noticed and it's also something that came out <laughs> when I watch uh, the, one of those screen rant uh, pitch meeting things. Uh, it's a sketch where a guy is playing both the exec and the screenwriter and is supposed to point out all the different oh, like, yeah. inconsistencies and stuff. And, yeah. I, and they're really funny. And the one that uh, was brought up is like, oh, like he lost somebody. During the fight of Metropolis, and like, who was it? Was it Lucius? Was it Robin? Was it background? I was like, no, it was Jack. Yeah. And the guy's like, Jack? Who's who's Jack? Yeah, who, so who is British Jack? Yeah. So that's what Jack, I want to know. Bruce, Bruce calls an exact name Jack O'Dwyer. His credit in the credits his, his last name is O'Dwyer. So he even has a last name. <laughs> um, I have looked up for the last four to five years if there's a Jack O'Dwyer in the comics. There is not. Um, but. Uh, Critics. Apparently, there's an Easter egg. <laughs> Hold on a second. There's an Easter egg of an article in the background at, at one point that shows that Thomas Wayne. It was like a picture of Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Thomas Wayne with the actor playing Jack and establishing that Jack could have been like this father figure to Bruce. However, it's an Easter egg in an article in the background that we could not read because it's in the background. Uh, but it apparently, this is a. This is almost a Lucius Fox type character, not maybe not necessarily somebody who makes gadgets for him as Batman, but as somebody who he's known for most of his life uh, on that. And they the critique has been sort of like, well, you kind of kill somebody off who you made up who isn't from the comics and hasn't really been previously established. Yeah. So how are we supposed to get the emotion of that was kind of the, the criticism. Uh, though Snyder's intention was absolutely for them to kill off a, a sort of a family friend so that Bruce would have a little bit more of an emotional tie into what happened to the Battle of Metropolis, as opposed to, you tore my building down. You right, know? So, right. Where do you guys fall on this, starting with Zach?
4: Critics. <laughs> <laughs> if they're going to off Jimmy Olsen, they might as well off the Lucius Fox or something like that. I mean, because yes. that's really, like, I guess who it should have been. He would have a much stronger mm-hmm. connection to him and reaction, and we, as the audience, would know who it was, because it was an established... Character in the former films,
5: mm-hmm.
0: Andrew. Critics, like I said earlier, yeah. it's uh, you it, it just like who you're you're wondering who is that? What am I yeah, watching? Yeah. You know, like yeah, exactly. I, you understand the point, supposed to have an emotional reaction, uh, emotional tie-in for Bruce and all that, uh, but uh, it's just a little thin.
1: Yeah, I think the easiest fix is just have him as one of the guys in the beginning, trying to comfort Bruce at the funeral right and then you just use the same actor in the tower and then that's it like that's all you need just one little fix and you already know who that guy is because you saw him that's true Uh, that would have been great so you know he doesn't necessarily have to be lucius fox though that could have also been like a really huge impact like imagine if they did that that would have been a pretty big would have been a huge snyder laying down the law being like anybody you know could die in this universe before we kill off jimmy olsen (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, maybe that would have been too much at once but uh, I also kind of wonder because almost like the trauma of the destruction of Gotham and Metropolis uh, is almost like him reliving his trauma or supposed to be him reliving his trauma uh, and sort of feeling like he's so small and insignificant in compared to the fact that you have these gods now you have Superman and Zod I almost wonder if it would work better if they intercut instead of the funeral if they intercut the death of the parents with the destruction stuff and then at the end when he says it was all a beautiful lie it's him looking up at Superman and seeing that like he's so small compared to everything else and you cut to that wide shot of him looking small because it's the fact that he's just him and all the rubble uh, and all that and so I kind of wonder if that would have conveyed the intentions more uh, on that and still having the whole you know Jack being the one at the funeral uh, and everything so anyway I'm with you guys on that critics one Snyder two so, Snyder is still winning. <laughs> uh, one last tidbit before the break is that there's some obviously deliberate uh, post 9 11 imagery to this, but there's an interesting comic book connection here that a lot of people have overlooked. That was, I actually overlooked it myself until someone pointed it out to me. In Detective Comics number 33, it was the first time that they showed the origin as the flashback to Thomas and Martha Wayne. And then when you cut back to present day, Bruce Wayne is in the city when the city starts getting destroyed and the next shot uh, the bottom of the page is Bruce Wayne lifting a steel girder that's trapped a man so all that stuff is actually in the original uh, bill finger detective comics well that almost right down to that image of him lifting the thing up off of uh, Scoot McNary's character on there so I thought that was a really cool connection if it's if it wasn't deliberate it's a hell of a coincidence especially when it's the exact same predicament that he saves that guy right so I thought that was cool it's probably a anyway yeah probably so see snyder does reference stuff that's not the dark knight returns (laughs) (laughs) for people who were criticizing uh anyway snyder 2 snyder 2 critics 1 when we get back from the break we're going to dive into uh africa and jimmy olsen
2: need some adventure in your life what mad universe is a podcast about the history of sci-fi fantasy and horror where
4: we delve the depths of pop culture history everything's the same politically but we have ray guns
2: the, the actual motive isn't to explore something that's, quote, yeah. scientifically possible. Or...
4: But neither is Star Wars, and I know there's Shh. arguments about that, but I would definitely consider Star Wars science fiction.
2: You haven't it's... read Dune! You have, no, I haven't. You can never be the Kwisatz Haderach. What Mad Universe on the Greenlit Podcast Network.
0: Welcome to the inside of my wizard hat, Vision. It's lovely to have you here. It seems like you're always betwixt and between worlds and whatnot. <laughs>
3: uh, yes,
1: yes. So uh, I got your resume and I really appreciate you meeting me here. It says here that you're you're some kind of wizard.
0: My resume written on the back of a very large acorn?
1: Yes, yes. This is uh, most interesting you are able to do that. But yes, it says that you're some kind of wizard, that you do magic.
0: Yes, as you can see here, I've whisked you away to see, to give you a house tour of sorts inside my wizard cap.
1: Right, right. Well, I, you know, apologies if it doesn't seem like I'm that, you know, overly impressed by it. It's just that my, my you see, my wife is also kind of into magic, and that's kind of why I need you.
0: Very powerful.
1: Yes, yes, she is. She is indeed. And, and uh I, I guess what I need is that uh, she appears to have. This is kind of weird, but she's taken the town of Westview hostage, and I don't know exactly what she's doing, but I need someone who also has magic in order to sort of undo the... uh, What do the Americans call it? The bullshit uh, that she's applied to it. That is a conundrum indeed, Vision.
0: (laughs) Well, I can't do shit for you, you see. She has... What? She has such a powerful wizardry. Even I, who has mastered acorn runes and wizard cap mansions and whatnot, you know, I still get my wizard robe washed in Manhattan. So, I don't even have wizard robe washing magic down yet. How can I even assume to take over Westview again from your wife? She's- this is too much. It's too much. She's- she's too powerful. You're- I hate to say it, Viz, but you're fucked! I just wanted to give you a tour to my house to give you a bit of a respite from all the insanity going on in that in that town it was really it's quite insane what's going on there i mean you know i have an idea of what's what's why she's doing that but no spoilers
3: all right so
1: i'm a little conflicted on this because my first instinct is this is a bloody waste of time but the other is it's it's certainly nice to get out of that town shit gets weird in there
0: here is my wizard toilet I take wizard shits here.
1: Okay, I think things have gotten weird enough. I would rather be tortured by my wife in a sitcom. See you later.
0: And here is the wizard grotto. Here I look at squirrels. There's a whole manner of wildlife in the cap. I think
1: I was better off dead when Thanos killed me. And here is my wizard kitchen island. Please, please, Mr. Brolin, come down and rip that stone out of my forehead. This island has its own coconuts, you see? Or or (laughs) I can ask my wife to annihilate me again. I seem to be getting my memory back, even though that's inconsistent with the previous episodes, but what the hell.
0: Are you bored with my wizard tour of my
1: tap house? Quite frankly, yes. I've had it with this bullshit with wizards just showing me around. I just want to go back to regular reality. I was better off just fighting Ultron. That was where I was my most powerful anyway. I kind of seemed weirdly seemed to be powerless against Thanos' minions, but that's another discussion entirely. Wow,
0: yes, there's a lot going on in your universe there. It's, it's very complicated, even for a wizard such as myself. <laughs> um... Well, Maybe
1: if you could just uh, drop me off in, like, medieval times so I can help out a knight or something. You know, maybe introduce him.
0: That sounds great. Uh, yeah. Let's do that right now.
2: What? What'd you say? Trudgeon. What? You
1: know, trudgeon. To trudge. The slow, long, aimless walk of a man who's lost all hope. And uh, somehow wound up naked thanks to the bloody Indeed Wizard.
0: (laughs) Alright everybody, if you like that sketch right there, we have that, plus news, plus we're bringing back some opinion pieces and uh, review type stuff and all kinds of stuff in our $5 tier on Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod and if you become part of the $5 tier, you can see these new bonus episodes basically consider it super house dlc
1: this is dustin lee massey at dustin lee massey from instagram and you're listening to Superhouse. and we're back and so we left off with snyder 2 critics 1 and we're going to continue and now we are out of the batman stuff and we are in africa where we have something that is only in the ultimate edition and not in the theatrical cut In the theatrical cut, there is a fellow reporter slash photographer, played by actor Michael Cassidy, who accompanies Lois only to be found out to be a CIA agent and subsequently shot in the head. In the Ultimate Edition, you find out that this CIA agent is Jimmy Olsen, which is a huge uh, comic book connection there because Jimmy Olsen is obviously a major Superman character. We covered him a little bit in our uh, Radio Superman is the Best Superman Deep Dive because he was created for the radio series. Uh, the reason behind this was that Zack Snyder said he wanted to subvert expectations, and that he brought up that there were certain characters who just wouldn't work with the expanding world that he was setting up. You know, maybe if he was doing a TV series, he would have more time to expand on Jimmy Olsen. But uh, given that we have these films, there probably wasn't a lot of room to expand them, which probably explains why you know Mercy is killed off later, Anatoly never becomes KG Beast, all these other like characters who have comic book futures are kind of killed off before they end up playing more of a role like they did in the comics. However, this is, was criticized because people were sort of just saw this as a reason or to say that Snyder must seem to hate the Superman mythology to do away with Jimmy Olsen this way, or that they could have just not had Jimmy at all if they were just going to blow his brains out on, uh, on film. So, where do you stand when it comes to uh, Jimmy Olsen being recreated as a CIA agent, and not even a very good CIA agent? It seems because he gets found out pretty easily and killed, like almost
4: immediately. So, Zach, critics. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that one really got me when I found out it was Jimmy Olsen because before I wouldn't really, you know, give a shit. It's just like some. Yeah. It seemed like it was some random guy, and mm-hmm. if that's what they did for the person that Bruce lost uh during like superman and zod's fight then why didn't they just make the other guy a rando i get what he's saying as far as subverting people's expectations but mm-hmm. it's you know that's like a it's a beloved character for a lot of people and it almost just seemed like kind of mean-spirited of him yeah you know, for people that like critique that everything he does is kind of like dark and um cynical and, mm-hmm. and sadistic and yeah that was just like if i didn't know it was jimmy then whatever who cares but yeah, in the Ultimate Edition you do, it's very clear that it's Jimmy Olsen, so it's just like a yeah. a throwaway character, pretty much.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Andrew?
0: Critics, it was just not good, was it, gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it could have been anybody. Why is it going to be goddamn Jimmy Olsen, for one? Um, props to that actor for uh, learning those lines in the other language, uh, however. Oh, that's true. That too. was yeah. cool. I don't know. There was some, apparently some African language of some sort. Um, forgive my... Lack of knowledge on that one, but uh, uh, yeah, that I did like that. But it, I mean, if it just wasn't Jimmy Olsen, it'd be all right. But it's it's Jimmy Olsen. It's just like, what are we? What are you yeah. doing, man? Why are, why are we killing? You're subverting a lot of expectations. <laughs> Mission accomplished, Snyder on that one. Yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, I just think they could have easily gotten out of. Like, you could still have your cake and eat it too if he's found out as a CIA agent and lois is like jimmy and he's like that's not actually my name i took that from like my brother boom or something like one that, line you know, so easy something where he's like you know or i took that from some photographer kid in kansas or whatever like it's something that shows like he's not the real jimmy <laughs> then you get to have the same thing but i agree here because of the fact that i think jimmy is like robin in a way for the superman mythos where a lot of people you know who aren't super familiar with that mythos are going to be like oh you don't need that character he just makes things lame but as we examine in the radio Superman, Jimmy was always sort of the, not just the audience conduit for, or surrogate, I should say, for, for kids, but he was also the example of who Superman was inspiring. Superman wasn't just inspiring, or wasn't just stopping bad guys, he was inspiring normal everyday people. That's why Perry, Lois, and Jimmy were all such an integral part of the Superman mythos, is because he, they all wanted to do the right thing. Jimmy even, you know, goes undercover a few times as we saw to take down white supremacists in, in the 1940s stuff. Uh, in J. Michael Stradinsky's Superman Earth One, which we talked about in Man of Steel, he's almost like this daredevil photographer who will do anything just to get a photo. And in that version, it's Clark seeing him do that that inspires him to be Superman. Because he's like, if this mortal human is willing to put himself in harm's way, then what right do I have to stand by the sidelines? So in a way, Jimmy almost inspires Clark in Superman Earth 1. There's a lot of different ways you can pull this, push this dynamic, but I think the worst way is to just say like, oh, Jimmy offers no value for our world, and therefore we're going to blow his brains out. Like, I'd rather not see Jimmy Olsen at all yeah. than have him in this just almost like, as Zach said, like sort of, sort of this mean-spirited, like, ha-ha-ha, you suck type of yeah. uh, experience uh, to the character. So that makes it uh, Critics 2, Snyder 2 on here. Yeah,
4: we he already killed off Robin, too, which that is a Robin that does die in the comics. But it's like, yeah, hey, go ahead and get a Robin out of here, too. We don't need him. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, yeah, uh, that's true. But yeah, you're right, Zach, there is precedent for that. So it, it was less surprising and less controversial for that. Also, we didn't I mean, I guess if we saw Robin get killed, that would have probably affected average audiences more than the Batman audiences. Mm-hmm. But. There's still a difference between seeing the costume versus literally seeing him get shot yeah. in this. Uh, little tidbit. Uh, again, Michael Cassidy, who plays Jimmy Olsen, was also in Smallville. <laughs> As Andrew and I have <laughs> joked, everybody was in Smallville. Yeah. Um, Michael Cassidy played the editor of the Daily Planet, uh, Grant Gabriel, uh, during Smallville. Uh, so he went from being the editor of the Daily Planet to uh, uh, a fake Jimmy Olsen. That seems like a bit of a demotion, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Grant Gabriel loves
0: Smallville and anime. We've come to, to we've come to to conclude yeah. here on this or, podcast. Or they all sp-
1: they both had the same casting agency. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he Grant Gabriel turns out to be a clone of Lex Luthor's brother. But that's another story entirely. Uh,
4: you Nexus to, now? The what? Are part of that Nexus cult now, or is that what it's called, Nexium?
1: Oh, Nexium. I don't. Th- I don't think
4: Michael uh, Cassidy's part. No, of yeah, I, I, I was hope part of that. actors. That's why I want to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's I, a whole other know. episode. Maybe it's on the pa- maybe on
0: the Patreon.
1: <laughs> next CM deep dive. I do I
0: do it. like the <laughs> idea of true crime, uh, you know, we mix true crime uh stuff with with superhero nerd stuff somehow, but
1: I feel like our first one for that's going to be George Reeves.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe there's enough for a mini series out there, but
1: yeah. Yeah. Tonight on Unsolved Superhero Mysteries. Yes. So, uh the next thing Snyder vs. Critics is the Africa sequence was criticized for being extremely complicated because the main thing is to try to frame Superman for the deaths of a lot of these villagers. It's clearer in the Ultimate Edition uh, I think, but uh, some people were just like, why is Anatoly killing people with gunshots? How is that supposed to frame Superman? Because it's not like Superman uses bullets. That's the thing, man.
0: It fucking, like, that whole plot point makes no sense to me. It's better in the Ultimate Edition, but... Mm -hmm. You know, this is a comic book movie. Have them using laser guns or something, and you know, make it seem like Superman lasered them all. What's the deal with this bullet just, shit?
4: Just napalm, yeah. just burn them up. For like, don't even shoot them first. Just burn them.
0: That way, yeah. it would
4: look like Superman did it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're completely lost on me uh, this one. Yeah,
1: it it lost me in the theatrical version because I was like, what the hell is this, and why are we doing? Why are we even doing this? Because. And I still feel this way, even though I know now, having seen the Ultimate Edition and examined this movie more, what they were trying to do. But it's like if the whole idea was people should question Superman and the collateral damage that comes with that, shouldn't you just do can't you just do that with the Battle of Metropolis? You had a whole yeah. movie where we saw that stuff. Why do we need another thing where it's just like, Oh man, like Superman might be bad? I'm like, You already have something for that. You already have the Battle of Metropolis and you already showed that yeah, to us. Yeah. We don't need Why do all we need that again, again? Yeah. This is a bit much. Um,
0: I do think I remember. I could be wrong about this, but the I there was some sort of th- the theme there is like he goes to save one tribe, but while he's doing that, another tribe gets massacred or something. I think there was some sort of that was they had that in their minds to some degree. I think I remember reading some sort of interview or something Let's about that. Should have just that. done that. Yeah, that yeah. would have been great. Like Superman yeah. shows Superman's weakness, but also his strength Cause in a can't way because he is, at once. he's saving people yeah. like and I guess it becomes very clear Snyder likes him you know globe trotting. so he goes to Africa you know I don't know I just you know it's, it's cool um, it just wasn't yeah. that this whole part while better and ultimate not great
1: you didn't need any framing stuff yeah it could have literally just been what you said like he goes to save Lois in a pretty clear-cut scene no Anatoly no CIA no Jimmy Olsen but somewhere else in another part of the world like America gets into some sort of conflict and they're like well Superman you could have prevented that why'd you go and save this random reporter
0: why her over and over
1: yeah 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 (laughs) that could have been interesting thematically
4: yeah I like seeing Superman in other parts of the world I think that makes the movie feel bigger I do like that Mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah, the day of the dead
0: imagery is so good
4: oh that part later Yeah, yeah Yeah. sorry go ahead Zach I cut you off Oh yeah, just like um, I just want to see more of him saving people, not just Lois. Mm-hmm. So that could have just been like a moment of just actual heroic behavior, without having mm-hmm. to having to build in, you know, Lex's convoluted plot to frame Superman. Because I, you know, it's been since the summer since I watched the Ultimate Edition, but uh, I don't remember that part having much of an impact <laughs> of them framing Superman for burning those people. When I was like, oh, right, okay, uh, I don't remember seeing anything about it later on, unless it was on a a quick tv clip, mm-hmm. so just didn't the mountain
1: right. much right and you know lex is trying to pit batman and superman against each other but do you know how much impact the whole africa incident has on batman zero <laughs> batman does not talk about the africa incident at all in that's either true. version or the actual that's version true. or the ultimate <laughs> that's edition maybe concerned about the battle of metropolis and that's it <laughs> what, so... what are we doing over here man this is just ridiculous <laughs>
0: maybe maybe go to the indian ocean and do something there try to connect that again <laughs> I don't know dude this is yeah (laughs) Uh,
1: A couple things I do Like just to okay so let's first off I'm saying everybody's doing critics on this one I'm guessing yeah all right so critics Three Snyder two Uh, a few things I do Like I do love that There's a very subtle moment Where when Superman shows up And Lois sees him and Lois lets go as if she's being like she's Relaxed even though she's still in danger she's like He's got my back Um, So I really like that there's also sort of the speech that this terrorist guy gives beforehand about power and how someone with power can't really be as good as they really could be. And that's obviously thematically tied into how people view Superman. They don't buy that he is this all-around good person. They think he might have some agenda, especially Lex. So uh, I think that worked. Uh, and then I'm also pretty sure he kills the terrorist guy by sending him through the wall. Yeah. They don't come back to it, but I'm pretty sure yeah. that would kill a regular man. But they don't address it, so I guess we could assume he's just in a hospital somewhere. Showed him in the
4: hospital put... bed in like a body. Uh, body you go kept... through,
0: you go through brick wall. It's a brick wall, right? Like against his back. Look like more than one. Uh, too. More than one. Yeah, that's it's yeah. definitely a kill.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah, because he's he's not Zod. It's not like he's you know he's down for some punching afterwards. Yeah, he's he's, he's out. out
4: and he would have fell over.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. So all right so that's Snyder 2 Critics 3 when we go back to America we have the sequence where that African woman is talking about her family was was killed and then we go to Gotham and this is a part that I'm going to hand over to Andrew because there is a football game going on in the ultimate edition that these two cops are watching that is supposed to I guess be a metaphor for Gotham versus Metropolis Batman versus Superman that sort of thing but Andrew has a little bit more insight into at least some of the behind-the-scenes stuff on this that you've heard
0: I was there was. the day they filmed this um, and I was you know hot off the heels of my Man of Steel love or <laughs> you know my complicated love with it and you know I mean yeah I'd even go you know of course I would go to day two but as I was really you know all about it at this time in my life I think and it was like an El Monte or something. If you know, you probably know what I'm talking about, right, Ben? It was like, yeah, it was like yeah. sort of East L.A., sort of near where I was, mm-hmm. and um, it was like an August, It was August, I think, and I don't know. I mean, it's not much to say, but yeah, they they the stadium wasn't like totally full. I I figured that they were just filling in with CG people. It was Snyder's directing with um, his, you know, uh, megaphone thing. Um, You could hear a little bit here and there. And um, you saw them make the. they had like one play, maybe two. And then Mm -hmm. it would be like, "Okay, now fight or something like that. And then they get into the fight. And Ah, I remember I remember watching the theatrical edition. They never show the fight. Right. And I was thinking, I don't
1: think they even—they sh- don't show the football game at all. It just not at all it goes right to the cops showing up to the uh, to the sex trafficker.
0: And I, I remember thinking like, well, I, I maybe they don't show it at all, but I remember like, oh, there's no fight. And I'm, I just remember distinctly like the the football team gets in, gets in a fight, and they gave out these shirts. We're gonna, um, you know, give out. We're gonna um, post some of those pictures uh, that I took that day I was there. Um, mm-hmm. And then they had a product toss at the end where uh, I got—I already owned a copy, but I got Injustice, one of the Injustice oh, video nice. games. And there were some movies and shit too, some T-shirts. But I got Injustice, and when I got that, I was like, I already have this, so I gave it to a kid, and uh, near me, and he was like, "Thanks, Mister." No, I don't know. He probably <laughs> didn't say anything. But 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 uh, yeah, it was cool. Everybody was like super into it. And it was cool to see that movie get made. And when you know, when I finally saw it, I wasn't even fucking in the movie, I guess. But at least it's finally saw the fucking light of day, which mm-hmm. is pretty, pretty yeah. fucking sweet. I they gave out a lot of Gotham football shirts, and I don't remember. Maybe I was on the Gotham side, but I don't remember there being anybody on the other side uh, of the stadium.
1: I guess you only need one side, right? Because it's only yeah. just a few shots. So
0: yeah, there's no there's no need, no Metropolis football shirts at all. Uh, but. Uh, Lots of Gotham ones, and um, mm-hmm. those were given out. I didn't get one of those, but yeah, that was it. I mean, it was just cool. I was, I was mm. part. I was. I might be in the stands, guys, in there, but I might be CG'd over. I don't know, because oh, they, they did tell us to like react as a crowd and shit, but <clears throat> that shit is so easily CG'd over. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So.
1: Oh well, damn. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot just for that little sequence, you know, because it's like. I would get it if it's the football sequence in Dark Knight Rises because that ties into the plot. And similar thing with what looks like in Zack Snyder's Justice League, we're going to get some flashbacks to Cyborg, yeah. uh, you know, Victor Stone being a football player. But uh, when I heard there was a football game in Batman versus Superman that was cut, I was like, what did, what was the significance of that? Where does that play in? And then when I saw it in the movie, I'm like, oh, I guess it's kind of just a nice little Easter egg to be like Gotham versus Metropolis, just setting the tone. Yeah. But uh, it's cool, though, that they, mm. they sort of rewarded you guys with, you know, all the... All the little nifty, uh, you know, trinkets. The shirts and the trinkets. So many trinkets. Yeah.
0: Total product toss at the end. Everybody just throwing into the stadium. You know, that was cool. So,
4: that's also, yeah. How to beat somebody for one of those jerseys. (laughs)
0: <laughs> straight up kill a motherfucker for the <laughs> football jersey he gonna tackle a little kid <laughs> thanks mister <laughs> thanks mister <laughs> yeah, thank, give that back to me kid you're welcome for these lumps kid <laughs> blam
1: uh, let's see so the police officers go to show up and they find a batarang sticking into the wall I love this batarang that the bat flag has it is cool. they look Fucking badass and deadly. If I was the cop, uh, I would have
0: been like, "Blam!" Taking that shit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they are afraid that it has poison on it this. or something. But
1: yeah, um, apparently the co- the cops are named according to the credits: Mazzucchelli and Rucca, after David Mazzucchelli, the artist for Batman Year One, and Greg Rucca, who wrote uh, Gotham Central, and of course my favorite Batman, No Man's Land, um, the novelization as well. So that's all cool. Diving into the next part, we've talked about Batman, we've talked about Superman, we've kind of hit it at this, let's talk about Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, before you guys say critics... Can't wait, um, <laughs> can't wait. How do you so, know, man? You don't know, <laughs> this man. Was critici- this was criticized because everyone was just like, he doesn't seem like Lex Luthor, and people compared him, his performance, more to like a Riddler or a Joker type. Others were really hoping that Lex's dad, as he's referred, he refers to his dad as being the Lex of uh, LexCorp and they're hoping that his dad was actually the real Lex Luthor of this continuity and he was just some uh, bastard son. Uh, But let's go a little bit into Snyder's intentions here. So Snyder said he deliberately wanted to go off of early DC Comics of Lex Luthor, which is why he's got the red hair and uh, isn't bald until the end. Uh, He wanted a more quote-unquote intellectual and more modern version of what a supervillain might uh, look like today uh, on those things. So, you know, big corporate untouchable those types of aspects are still relevant I think today as they were back when they first made Lex a corporate villain in the 80s Uh, in terms of Lex's eccentricities Snyder said that he plays word games for intellectual superiority he's not interested in you following him all the time you have to sort of stay up to his intellectual level and he doesn't care if you're not able to so that's why he has a lot of different metaphorical lines of dialogue um, in pretty much all his scenes there. I and think
0: Nolan, Nolan is so much better at this kind of thing uh, mm-hmm. than Snyder is. Like, just to, if I can talk about this for just a second, like all but, of his yeah. fucking lines talking about like philosophical, pseudo-philosophical, religious, and whatnot. They try to add that in there via Lex, and mm-hmm. I get it, but some it kind of falls flat in this as opposed to how Nolan does it. Um,
1: because with Nolan's clearer, Nolan's
0: clearer and. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just not pulled mm-hmm. off as, as well as it could. I've, I mean, I get it. Superheroes are a kind of mythology. You want to tell mm-hmm. a deep story. You want to add depth. Myth- myths should tell us something about our lives. That's why superhero stuff is shit that you should know, in my opinion. <laughs> it's because <laughs> it. it tells you something about your culture and it tells, even though this is a new American culture and, and stuff like that, but you know, American culture is newer than other co- countries around the world and this is our mythology, but and I, I think that there is totally a place for having deep like like how Nolan did it, like having deep things thrown into your mythos and thrown into mm-hmm. these superhero stories. Um and it it can play very well, you know, but the the way it plays with, with Lex just isn't that good. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a better descriptor, but uh I'm just gonna say that for now.
1: <laughs> Over
4: to Zach. <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna be the devil's advocate and uh I don't Ooh. hate that's Lex Luthor. Wow. Interesting. And I think it's just because I don't really have much of an attachment to Lex anyway. If it's not like the Clancy Brown version, that is the best version mm-hmm. in the animated series. Like, that's my favorite Lex. But on film, I've never really, like, cared about him. I know he is Superman's arch enemy, but it's just, like, always been kind of this rich, bald guy that I never had much mm-hmm. interest in. And uh, I did kind of like that he was, of not like a. I guess it's he was kind of this like, you know, what's what's the word I'm looking for? He's he's not like a huge like buff guy like some versions of Lex. He is like the peak of yeah. human fitness, so it's supposed to be like he is the best version of humanity, and he he is slighted by Superman for being better than than him, but he's an alien. Whereas this version of Lex is kind of diminutive, diminutive lord i'm gonna cut that if i said it wrong uh yeah he just uses his brain more it's i like that dynamic that he's just kind of this other type of character i agree he could have been somebody other than lex they could have just picked a whole other character given him a different name but Mm -hmm. i didn't particularly hate the uh way he was portrayed other than like his little quirks and noises and things he was making <laughs> yeah just like It's just that-
0: too much man it's just too much it is <laughs> i think it's it's yeah. just it's just kind of overdone and like i'm sorry eisenberg if you ever do listen to this you have a career way better than mine <laughs> mine is definitely right now which is zero but i'm just some jackass on the internet but i just didn't think mm-hmm. that it was it's just not that good man you should have just had Brian Krantz to come in, dude. Yes. I'm, so, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, dude. I know you wanted to have like an Elon Musk like young billionaire type, but mm-hmm. um, Z- Zuckerberg rather. Uh, you know, you wanted a Zuckerberg because it's a social network. You know, it's probably why he was cast this way. But mm-hmm. man, it's just, to me, this is something that was not, re- you know, did not seem better my second viewing. This is still yep. kind mm-hmm. of not just it wasn't better it wasn't better the second time around either so
1: yeah I I agree with Andrew on this where I I get where they're going with it I just didn't really like the execution so much Uh, I do have more of an attachment to Lex Luthor than uh, you know than you do Zach but uh, I also tried to go in with an open mind as well being like well I'm he doesn't have to be the Clancy Brown Lex Luthor I I also do like the aspect that he is so much smaller than Superman it's his intellect that makes him uh, go a threat to the Superman, not necessarily anything about his brawn, and I always, I always like that, and that's also why when he was first cast, I'm like, eh, I'll give him a chance. Um, some of this might also come down to the fact that uh, he has long red hair through most of the movie, because honestly, at, in the post-credit sequence of Justice League, it's a huge, it's a big upgrade when he's got the bald head and he's got a, a more traditional-looking Lex look. When he's talking to Deathstroke, and I was like, you know what? I don't hate Jesse Eisenberg in these two minutes as Lex Luthor compared to what it was in Batman versus Superman. So maybe a lot of it just has to do with, do with the look. You know, maybe if he was, you know, if we saw more of him bald and in the suit, uh, it would help out. I didn't necessarily get that feeling when he was bald at the end and talking to Batman, though. But who knows? You know, we'll see if there's there's going to be more of him. I'm guessing in the Snyder Cut because of the fact that his name is actually in. Uh, they show a brief part of the credits at the end of the trailer, uh, and usually the people whose names are in there are people who have major parts. Would that it, be so. trailer
0: 103 or trailer <laughs> 127? <laughs> 127. Okay, okay, 127.
1: I got you. All yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> I do remember... I like how Zack Snyder's like, hey, I'm going to introduce the first official Zack Snyder Justice League <laughs> trailer. I'm just like... How, do you realize how many trailers we've seen this? Yeah, far? That's, that's quite
0: quite a lot, Mr. Snyder. Perhaps give us the movie, already. perhaps just take a break here for a moment. <laughs> it might be your marketing team and not Snyder, but it's just like, yeah, 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 I think so. yeah. you know, marketing team, guys, you know, we got enough.
4: <laughs> I do remember being excited when I did hear that it was rumored that it was Brian Cranston, though. that was a very early rumor, and I was just thinking like, oh, that's so perfect. So, yeah, I could definitely get behind that too. i I kind of wish that had happened.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of a, a bit of an outlier on that because I love Brian Cranston I think he would be a great Lex but I also feel like he's I i picture him more as a kingdom come Lex Luthor versus mm-hmm. a regular continuity because of just his age you know like I, I just feel like he's he's too old for a Henry Cavill Superman mm-hmm. if it's him up against a kingdom come Superman then I'm perfect but I was just like uh, I mean I'm down for it he's a great actor uh, and would probably pull it off but he wouldn't have been ideal uh in my mind if, if so i didn't mind the fact i didn't go in that direction personally but uh i could you could totally pull it off absolutely
0: speaking of themes real quick before we stop talking yeah. about lex uh, i just <laughs> want to talk about this like you you mentioned like lex sees himself as the peak of human conditioning probably if he didn't have any gadgets he could go against batman batman with no ga- you know, batman with no gadgets maybe and maybe mm-hmm. win like he's in, in a lot of iterations right like he's in different interactions, especially yeah.
1: All Star Superman, when he's like, you know, basically doing he's weightlifting in front of Clark Kent.
0: Yeah, yeah, like so, like he's there's the the theme of what like jealousy maybe against a god like a human a human first humans mm-hmm. first kind of guy make humans mm-hmm. great again, kind of kind of guy. It's definitely a vibe of that. Yeah, th- but then there's the also comments. the the other one, which is pretty much related, I guess. But it's just like he just thinks no no man should have that much power i for me it took me a long time to wrap my head no a, one
1: man should have all that power should have
0: all that power yeah but that really just like that wraps it all up that's what lex is in a lot of versions maybe in this one too but it's just not mm-hmm. it's just he's just kind of all over the place cuz he's just you know just i don't know yeah you know he's he's just doing that shit right, <laughs> right. <I'll, laughs> i wish i could say i wish i could have a better acting, adjective for you at this moment acting <laughs> yeah <laughs> doing whatever that is and it's just <laughs> I, I don't know but uh um, I, I i like yeah. the themes of lex and it's just not mm-hmm. thrown in here here is like as clearly as it probably should have been
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh we'll do a deeper dive into lex because a lot of defenders say that this lex is the same type of lex as in superman birthright and i want to put that to the test so we will dive into the birthright lex pit him up against the eisenberg lex see what they have in common or don't have in common, as well as dive into other aspects of Lex Luthor that we just don't have time to get into.
0: Not to spoil it, but I mean, is it fucking anything other than the hair? That's a similarity. <laughs> is it anything other than the <laughs> hair? There's a little more. There's a, a little, little more. more.
1: We'll okay. There's a little more, yeah. Okay. It's uh, well, yeah. a
0: great run. Go out and read it if you haven't.
1: It's great. Yeah, it's so, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so we first inter- meet Lex when he meets with Holly Hunter, Senator Finch, and he brings them over to show that he's got kryptonite. The scientist who talks to them about kryptonite uh, his character is Emmett Vale. Emmett Vale in the comics is the scientist who creates Metallo oh, and uses Knight to power the suit. So, this does lead into previewing a future Patreon because of the fact that there may or may not have been a role for Metallo in Batman versus Superman in the development. There is concept art of Scoot McNary's character in a Metallo looking costume. That is cool. So. We will cover that in Patreon, and it uh, gives us a little opportunity to tease our video of pitching a sequel to Man of Steel, so... Stay tuned for, stay that, tuned for that If it, Yep, stay tuned for that. Alright, uh, let's go into the... Wait, I didn't even go. So the, we already... <laughs> I think Andrew and I are with critics, so we've outvoted Zach on that, so that's... Sorry, Snyder, <laughs> Snyder 2, Critics 4 on You're it. You're the one, Still man. You're the only
0: one I know that likes that. Lex, I, think. <laughs> I just don't hate him, really. I just was okay. like... <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's not the ringing endorsement, really. (laughs) I don't hate him. (laughs) Okay, the last one I want to cover before we wrap is uh, we get to meet a little more of Henry Cavill's Clark Kent. We didn't really get to meet him as a reporter in Man of Steel because he just got got to the Daily Planet at the end there. So uh, this kind of ties into what you mentioned, Andrew, in the last couple Man of Steel deep dives where uh, Mike Rakoff, who used to be our correspondent on Game of Thrones stuff, criticize Henry Cavill's acting in this for being too stiff in the role. And when I was rewatching it I realized that it might come across more in the Clark Kent scenes than as Superman, because you sort of expect Superman to just be yeah. very, you know Stoic. Clear cut, stoic type. Whereas Clark Kent, you don't necessarily and I get that you don't want to do Christopher Reeve all over again. In fact that would not fit here at all. I don't think anybody on this podcast was looking for that either. You know, I don't need to see him crashing into a bunch of cubicles. Uh, and stuff like that (laughs) but uh, I think the criticism has been that uh, in some ways Cavill's Clark Kent is basically Superman in glasses in this there's not really a lot to differentiate him Perry White does make jokes about Clark getting his lunch money taken in Gotham and that uh, whoever invited him to the, the function must have a thing for nerds but Cavill doesn't seem like a nerd as Clark Kent he just seems like Henry Cavill with glasses on Mm-hmm. in uh, Batman yeah, vs. Superman right. so where do you guys stand when it comes to I guess Henry Cavill's reporter Clark Kent critics versus Snyder starting with Zach,
4: I can agree with the critics on that one I feel like that was one of the um, one of the negatives I have about the movie is Superman in general just seems really like reserved and kind of depressed and doesn't speak on what his feelings actually are or show them And yeah and then when when you see clark i just feel like he was a little bit warmer and just tried to act more human but you're right he doesn't really try to um act any differently to me just you know that's his his civilian disguise but it's doesn't really feel like much of a different persona um Mm. from superman at all andrew
0: i agree they're very similar they should be more different um it doesn't kill it for me though because I think that's almost kind of on purpose maybe from Snyder's part just because he feels like what are they going to do make him funnier as Clark bumbling around like Reeves that's just something that like Reeve Um, but that's just something that that Snyder probably just didn't just wanted to avoid I mean it does make it always it makes it have a better like a more interesting dynamic if they're different I guess I kind of see both sides on this one I don't know I mean they just don't have a lot of great scenes with him. I don't know. They don't. They could have done more with it. I don't know. Why is he covering sports anyway? Yeah, <laughs> so other fucking another thing. other fucking thing. Like <laughs> you were a sports reporter. I know. I'm
5: I football. I, like
0: really. I, I like the. I like how Perry. Like maybe he's like new at the planet, new at the Daily Planet, and he's Perry doesn't like him for some reason and gives him like shit gigs. But like, a, you know, I'm you know sports are not a shit gig though for most reporters you know it's not what right. clark wants to do but that's not well maybe he's doing that because he knows clark doesn't want to but that just makes perry white shitty as fuck if that's the case <laughs> yes <laughs> which but it's probably not it's just like i don't know i don't know what they're doing there but uh mm-hmm. i'm on the fence about this <sighs> one guys okay i'm on the fence about
1: i'll be i'll be a bit of a tiebreaker I okay. agree with zach on this one because of a few reasons one you can make clark different from superman without repeating christopher reeve Remember when I was talking about the radio Superman? The radio Clark Kent versus Superman, they're both very different personas, but Clark Kent in the radio show is not at all like the Christopher Reeve version. He's not bumbling. He's still very capable as a reporter, but you can somewhat buy that he's a different person, still from Superman. Uh, They do have the similarity where they're going to, you know, they get to the bottom of things and investigate things and try to fight for what's right. But it's still a different type of persona. If anything, Clark is kind of just known for being a bit of a coward uh in those instances but it's clear in the radio show why they feel that way here when you've got perry being like ah oh, they must have a thing for nerds like you i'm just like dude this guy looks like he could crush your head in like <laughs> yeah i know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> and b- part of that is the conceit of clark kent being superman you know part of it is the fact you're you're casting a over six foot tall jacked dude uh in the role of this but that's why christopher reeve even though I'm saying he should have a different persona, but that's also why Christopher Reeve worked because you could see people push that guy around even though he physically is able, capable of crushing you. But he put on the persona of a guy who doesn't seem like he'd be willing to do that. And so in a similar way, I'm like, the dialogue doesn't match up to the characterization here for Clark Kent. On a bigger issue, though, and I think this is, this comes to something that I feel like is off about this or what threw people off about the movie, is that you have, as Zach said, two somewhat stoic, uh serious dudes who have lost their faith in humanity. They both pretty much you we pretty much have two Batman Batman in this movie in terms of personalities. <laughs> like Superman is kind of Batman like in terms of just his general personality and attitude. And this is very different from most versions of Batman I, and Superman stories which play with that dynamic more.
0: Worst scene in this movie, I think, probably is when Superman stops Lois when she's getting in that cab. And he's just got, like, it's. he's just, like, he's making us fight, Lois. And he just has, like, just, like, a, such a somber-ass face. And it's just, like... No one stays <laughs> good in this world. It's yeah. just so, like, that's just not what you want to hear Superman to say. He's, like, I don't know. It's it's just <clears> overly <throat> somber or something.
1: In a way, that's kind of the point, though. I think it's about Superman losing faith in humanity. But the problem is, I think, because of the, how Superman is so dour throughout dour. the first good, half. Good
0: word for that, yes.
1: And considering how man of steel ended it doesn't yeah. seem like he had that hope for humanity Never. in the first place <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like it's, it's it would have been more powerful if he starts off like that but then the society i use that word but society keeps bringing him down in today's society <laughs> yes he lives in a society <laughs> <laughs> that brings him down uh because they always criticize him whenever he's saving people and all that and you see him lose that, that would have been more emotional, I think, because then you see somebody who you know is doing the right thing but is being emotionally affected by people who don't appreciate him. And I get that that's kind of what they were intending, but unfortunately for how Clark is written and in some ways acted, it doesn't come across that way. It just kind of comes across, as I said, you got two Batman <laughs> in this movie as opposed to something like a lot the Batman-Superman comics, especially post-crisis, that play around with the different personalities. Here's where Superman is different from Batman. Here's where Batman is different from Superman. All those things. And I don't think this movie really gives a clear sense of how those characters differ, outside of the fact that one wears red and blue and has superpowers, and the other one wears dresses up like a bat and kills people with guns. Right. So, uh, that leaves us with a score of Snyder 2, Critics 5, I believe, uh, for this. So... It's still close, though. It could still be anybody's game, but that is where we will leave off, and that is superhero stuff you should know.
5: Oh, fuck <laughs> oh, <dear. Batman. laughs>
1: All right, so some fan comments for us to go over. First one is from Braden Hogan, who commented on our deep dive into the Tom Mankiewicz Batman script. Uh, the Batman script from 1982 it said, quote, man, that Tom Mankiewicz version had me absolutely encapsulated right up until you got to the pencil sharpener <laughs> where Batman throws Rupert Thorne into a pencil sharpener. <laughs> it was maybe a little rocky here and there. Had some definite kinks to iron out, but for the most part, that sounds like the Batman movie I've wanted to see forever and still want to see. I don't think I ever heard of that version. Certainly didn't know one of the true geniuses behind Superman 78 was involved in early Batman scripts. If they gave him the iconic 1970s Batsuit, like in the artwork above, as in the thumbnail... Uh, a Robin that's not 30 years old, <laughs> maybe cast Clint Eastwood or an unknown as Batman. Uh, Clint might have been too old at, in the 80s, but 70s would have been perfect probably. Uh, and refined that script just a bit that would have been the perfect Batman movie. I'd also be curious to see the Steve Englehart script since he had one of the best runs on Batman ever. Uh, Braden, definitely check out our deep dives into Steve Englehart's uh, you know dark detective stuff. Uh, thanks for bringing this all to my attention. Uh, mm-hmm. You're very welcome, Brayden. So, yeah, thank, thank you, very you much man, for, for that. Thank you, man, for that comment and right there. That sounds awesome. Uh, unfortunately, I can't give you that much more on Englehart's Batman stuff because he just hasn't posted that. He hasn't made it available. So we will definitely do a deep dive if that ever does become available. Next is uh, Dan D. He said, quote, just became a Patreon Dan supporter. D finally found the best one to make my first wow we're, we're his first uh, patreon yes uh, you guys rock keep up with the good content thank you very much Dan
0: thanks Dan D uh, yeah we uh, Dan D and I went to high school together so uh, I, I know that dude
1: and thanks for supporting me now man that's fucking yeah. awesome yeah so uh, last one is from Camden I was afraid at first that there was something else that I fucked up but uh, Camden <laughs> instead came in with an opinion rather than correcting me Uh, (laughs) As I was expecting. Uh, It says, if Snyder really wanted to... This is about Man of Steel with the restaurant scene with the trucker. He said, quote, if Snyder really wanted to get that turn-the-other-cheek moment from Clark when the trucker attempts to assault him, he should have not turned his truck into satanic art. (laughs) Satanic, (laughs)
0: satanic art. It hurts more
1: whoever needed what that trucker was carrying. That is true. Also, even if that same situation happened with someone without superpowers, Someone would have still grabbed the sexually assaulting trucker, by his shirt, and tossed him out the front door. Not necessarily. A point.
3: Depends
0: uh, on how fucking toxic that whole environment is.
3: Yeah. Well, he's some saying
0: some places have I a think, whole shitty, <laughs> whole shitty vibe, man. <laughs> some places. I'm not going to
1: argue. I'm not going to argue with that, but what I'm <laughs> saying, I think what he's saying is that Clark could have thrown the guy out without demonstrating his superpowers, and nobody would have oh, guessed. Well, yes. or, nobody would have blinked an eye because he's jacked, six foot three, Henry Cavill. Yes, and he works for there. sure. So yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that is a great point. He could have literally just thrown him out. No one would have known about his powers. Um, the scene is still controversial online. I saw some people talking about it right when we released the episode, and people were sort of accusing the critics of this, saying that, uh, almost accusing them of saying that this sexual assaulter shouldn't have been punished. Uh, and I'm like, no, we're saying he should have been punished. We're not saying that he shouldn't have been. Uh, it's just that the ex- the way that Clark does his revenge is somewhat controversial Overkill. because of the way that he Overkill. does it. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest thing, and I brought this up to Super Infaman, it's if I'm the trucker, right, and I walk out and I see the truck, this thing happened to my truck. How am I going to know that that was punishment for what happened to the waitress? This could like how this could just be an act of God. Like this guy could have easily just gone on, continued using that as an excuse to be a shitty human being and assault other waitresses all over the place. Like why? How does he know, like, oh, this guy got me? Like, he doesn't. Some people <laughs> some
0: people make wild connections, though, but, I mean, it's, it is sort of weak, it's negative, though. Yeah. Uh,
1: and I also think, in general, it's more powerful to see Clark hold back, uh, which makes it more satisfying when he can actually unleash his full power on Zod. If he's yeah. almost like this powder keg by that time because he's been holding back for so long, um, which can be an advantage and also disadvantage because I'm sure, you know, in a way or Zod could bring up to him. He's like, "You've been holding back all your life." Well, we haven't, type of thing. Right. So, anyway, as Andrew always says, it could have been better. Could have been well, better. Thank you, Camden. <laughs> thank you, Camden. <laughs> wow, well, what or a that.
0: non-creative phrase I've made. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: well. Anyway. That those are the comments. Over to you, Andrew, for the shout
0: out Oh man, you know how how we do over here. Thank you to our Patreon supporters, Shasta, Leon, O, Super Emperor man Douglas P, Dan D, and our other supporters, Spark Again, SDCT Productions, Robert Schumann, Kooky Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B, Shamrock Balls, Aaron Willett, Ian H, and Walter, the Wobot. Uh, and please, uh, if you haven't already, join uh the patreon it's patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod uh the we have a lot of tiers but the the most important ones i guess we could say are the one dollar tier gets you the shout out and the five dollar tier gets you the whole other show that's really the best tier that's the one to be at if you go above that you of course get the five dollar tier stuff as well uh but uh yeah so that's a whole other show we this one comes out this show comes out every Monday and we have a whole other show that's a deeper dive that generally I receive tutelage from Ben to uh, yeah and that is on Patreon only five dollar tier every Friday and uh, please uh, check out our merch store it's on uh well we're on a lot of shit now um, it was just on Redbubble mm-hmm. but now we're on TeePublic and we're on Threadless so. If you want to go straight to it, it's T uh, public. That's T E E, like like a, I don't know, baseball tee, uh, golf mm-hmm. <laughs> tee. T E E public.com slash user slash superhouse podcast 5000. Okay. And then the threadless one is superhero stuff pod dot threadless dot com. So there's Ben Man. Uh, sort of Batman inspired, heavily inspired. <laughs> Basically, what I'm wearing right now. Yeah, you can get <laughs> a, 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 a you know merch with that on it, and then my Indeed Wizard character art by Wolfie, uh, and uh, that's on there. Um, you can also get that on as part of the uh, higher Patreon tiers as well, if you want to go that way. Uh, but uh, anyway, leave uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, that would be very helpful, and then also please. Uh, record us something like Zach has done many times and Kooky uh, also. There are main contributors for this kind of thing but we are accepting more applications. <laughs> We're accepting more of these kind of clips and uh, you know it just take out your your phone, your voice recorder app. You can use that voice recorder app to record us something like you know Hey Love the Pod or whatever and uh, now you're now listening to super Superhero Stuff You Should Know or something like that and then Send that clip to superhousepodcast at gmail.com and you too can be on the show. Uh, we're on YouTube if you haven't checked that out. Um, we have basically the same thing as the podcast on Spotify but and, and iTunes, but uh, it's you know like how Joe Rogan does where you can see the actual video of the whole pod. Um, Ryan Sickler does that kind of thing, Tom Segura does it as well. It's pretty common to have a visual component to podcasts these days. Um and uh, yeah um, check out uh, Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter and Instagram that's me and then Thunderwolf Lives uh, on YouTube that's my other YouTube channel where it's uh, basically it's mainly me talking about all things Japan Japanese language Japanese culture stuff like that and uh, anything that's not
1: superheroes my other interests
0: are on there so
1: and that's it for me Ben You can also follow us on Twitter at SuperHousePod. Uh, You can also follow us on Instagram at SuperHeroStuffPod, which is how we found Zach. Uh, You can also follow my personal Instagram at BenJuanRider, as well as uh, my cat's Instagram, (laughs) AlfiePennyworthCat. Your son. Always going to plug that for my son. Uh, My website is BenJuanRider.com, and uh, the channel that I have launched is probably going to be in the link of the description where uh, you can see some excerpts from this podcast so far where I pitched different ideas, and uh, coming up will probably be one where I pitched a Batman and Joker team-up movie before what looks like we might be seeing Affleck and Leto team up. they Are going to team up in this
0: fucking movie? That's
1: what it seems like at the end there, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but just in case. They live in that that kind of society. From 2018. We live in a society where (laughs) Batman and Joker team up. (laughs) (coughs) Uh, Over to you, Zach. Where can our fans find you if they haven't already?
4: If they haven't already, they can follow me on Instagram at Zachary Jackson Brown Art, and the exact same name on TikToks. Woo! The exact same name on <laughs> Lord now. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> same, yeah. same name on the YouTubes, TikToks. I'm amazed. It's uh, it's blown up after the, like the last little video I did. So nice. Still a lot of oh, weird shit on
1: there.
0: <laughs> Are you doing? You're doing weird shit on there. I got to see this.
4: Yeah, it's the same old stuff I usually do. it's post like the video versions, uh, like my time lapse versions of my artwork. So okay, okay, yeah, it's interesting. Andy's I can't pry I can see myself. Some of those dances.
0: I want to see your dance. I want to see the little <laughs> cute dances.
4: You want to see me dance?
0: Yeah, let's see it. Not gonna
4: happen. <laughs> All, right. All right, and uh, yeah,
1: you can check out. Here is. An example of one of uh, Zach's work, if you're watching us on YouTube, it's uh, his Batfleck. It's uh, his Batfleck card that I've had out uh, while I've been doing research on this episode. So I try to, whenever I do research, I try to pair my decorations around for whatever the episode is going to be. So nice. thank you for that, Zach. But yes. Cool. And I believe that is it. Thank you very much. When you guys come back again, we will continue our dive into Snyder versus Critics, Batman versus Superman. Who's going to win? Snyder or the Critics? We'll see.
0: Uh, I will now go and watch Henry Cavill put together personal computers shirtless. Signing off.
1: You do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay.